official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to another episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast. My name's Costa, coming to you live after Olibiakos draw against Maccabi Haifa 1-1 away in Israel and I have special guest good friend of ours Marshall aka Olibiakos France as he's known in the Twitter sphere Marshall good to see you man thanks for coming back on the show how are you doing yeah uh, I'm fine I'm I'm less angry than one hour one hour ago maybe <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, we're we're here. We're gonna we're gonna get into get into the game. Already, lots of conversations going on. Um, I mean, let's let's start first of all. It's it's uh, you know, Olympiacos lives to fight another day. I think is one of the one of the headlines. It's uh, unprecedented the last couple of years that we have to start playing twentieth of July. Normally, this is the time when Olympiacos is going to pre-season camp and now we find ourselves playing mid-July in a difficult atmosphere to be honest with you like I've heard I've heard too many times from journalists it's going to be hot the humidity the pitch isn't good I don't care like they have to play on the same pitch last year when we played Ludogorets at home as well they got a draw in 40 degree temperature I was in the stands and I was sweating just sitting there those are all excuses for me. I couldn't care less. Um, let's start from, from the top because Pedro Martins, there was a lot of talk about who would be in his starting lineup, how he would uh, how he would present the team. And I don't know about you, Marshall, but I expected him to play Jan Villa and, uh, and Mamadou Kane in midfield. You just... The writing was on the wall. Like he wanted to kind of make a compact team, a team that was protecting the defense, and I wasn't surprised to see that. But uh, I think we were all surprised to see Tikinio starting uh, up front, and then the other one, which was somewhat a surprise, was Manolas instead of Socrates. But would would you agree with that in terms of in terms of the lineup? Yeah, I, I did find the lineup uh, okay because. Uh... It was for me. It is probably the best lineup Martin can feel right now, apart from Agibu uh, with this position uh, as a ten. Maybe I don't really know in which position he played tonight, but uh, the pair Manola Cisse works well for me. Uh, we saw that Versalico is a very nice player. He's way above the level of Olympiacos, so. There is no surprise on it. Uh, and as you say, Kane was no surprise either because he was like key player during the whole preseason. And the press was saying Martins was going to use him in this game and used him. He, he used him. So it was no surprise. And maybe Tikinio was the other surprise because we could have expect, uh, expected like uh, El Arabi maybe. But we saw that Tikinio did a, a fantastic game. In, to me, he did a fantastic game. I don't know if the, I'm the only one to think that, but given the fact that he didn't receive a lot of good balls to play, he did very well to hold the ball up front to win some falls, to you know win balls in against defender, and it's the only it's the only decision that was justified by Martins because Tikinio was. Probably the best play, not the best player, but he did a very good. I don't know what to say in English. Maybe the hidden work, which is very useful for the team. No, I, I look. I, I think my instant reaction was to Tikinio being in the lineup. Was you know what is this? I mean, he he scored a couple of goals in preseason. Um, 
and he's one of those players that is really reliant on service. Uh, but we, you know, I agree with you. For me, and we'll get to this later. I think he was one, definitely one of our best players. He held up the ball really well. He tried to bring players into into, into play. The chip that he makes to Masuras just before the goal, he's the one that lobs the ball over the defender, and then Masuras tries to outmuscle him. The ball then drops back to him. He takes the shot. The keeper gets a hand to it, hits the post, and then it rebounds kindly to Zinkanago. So he's involved in the goal. And, uh, you know, I think credit for that choice. I think what was controversial for me is the fact that we paid 2 million euro plus, essentially, to keep Youssef El Arabi in the team at, at his age. And he hasn't even played a minute today. Hasn't played a minute. <laughs> so I think that... That says a lot. We'll see next week whether whether he starts him. To be honest, the way Tequino looked today, I, I it's uh you know he's giving the manager a headache there for next week. I thought he played really well. Yeah, yeah, and also I I, I agree with you because maybe Martin's main issue is that he probably have too many choices to do in every position, starting from the midfield. To the attack because obviously he needs like two or three strikers to to make a good season but that's what that's where maybe you need a, a third choice which is a young player maybe that will sit on the bench and it don't create headache as you mentioned because if he takes off uh Tikinu after the first game it's he, he probably will kill the confidence Tikinu may have built on this game so but we all know that we need El Arabi if you if we want to go through, we probably will need some El Arabi goals. So maybe you can associate them both, but I don't believe in this. No, I think whenever we saw them play together up front in a 4-4-2, it was quite ugly. Uh, I don't expect to see that a lot. Only in cases perhaps where we're really chasing a goal and he wants to lob the ball. Because um, I mean, to look at this chronologically, I think you and I were saying this off camera. I think that if you look at the first half, I think it went according to, to the plan. He set up the team in a compact way. Maccabi Haifa didn't, didn't do anything in the first half. They had a goal ruled out that was offside towards the end of the, of the first half. I and I thought that two two offside goals, no? Two correct. offside goals, yeah. But but essentially the first 20, 25 minutes, I think we were in control, uh, trying to move the ball around. The press was very effective. I was listening to the English commentary as well, and they were even they were praising the the press of the Olympiagos team in the first 20, 25 minutes. And of course, the, the goal came early. That's a, a dream debut for, for Philip Zinkenagel, his first game in you know, first official game for the club. It fell nicely to him. He slotted it in with his left foot, one nil, seventh minute. And then the crowd quietened down. Uh, great start. And then after 20, 25 minutes, I don't know if I can say, you know, you saw the legs going, you know, the, the, the atmosphere starting to have an impact on the players. Slowly but surely, Maccabi Haifa had more possession. They started moving the ball around. They had those two chances, like you said, the two offside goals that were um, that were that were chalked off. But but all, all in all, in terms of the the approach to the game, I thought it was what Martins wanted. Like that's what he wanted to see from from the team. Yeah, and um, yeah, and. Um... As I said before, the the live maybe uh, if Agibu uh, made better choices in the in the opponent half, uh, it could have been like two nil, and the game was like over because I didn't I I don't see Maccabi being able to come back from a two two goal lead, but we we let them into the game. Uh, and may, I, I, I feel that we will play this uh, in the in the second game because when you play your smaller team, you have to kill every every hope they have like quickly because especially in a Champions League game because we are the 
the, the big team on this tie and they they want to they play at like 120 percent and if the, if we let them be, believe they can uh, eliminate us at the end of it maybe they will do it like the goddess did uh, last year well since you since you raised it the score in the first game against Ludogorets was 1-1 as well. Only that time it was us playing the first leg in Greece and then going out to Bulgaria. I don't know if it's necessarily good that we take this back to Karaiskaki. I mean, under normal yeah. circumstances, you say we're going back to the Karaiskaki, we'll take this over the line and finish it. But now the pressure is really, I mean, the way the game ended and it, it could have could have been worse could have been worse. They hit the bar towards the end of the game as well. All the pressure is is again on on Pedro Martins and Olympiacos next week at the Karaiskaki. I don't know if it's going to be a sold out stadium, but um, I do want to go quickly and have a look at the comments. Um, not neglecting the people. Thank you so much for joining us after the game today. Um, <clears throat> hit that like button. Get this episode disseminated to more Libyakos fans so they can come and join in as well. Hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't done so already, if you're new. Um, thanks to everyone again for, for tuning in. It's 11.30 Greece time and I'm sitting here in Belgium in my attic and Marshall from France as well. Um, let's go and have a look at the comments. What are people saying? Uh, I see already that people are saying, you know, that this wasn't, uh, you know, what we expect from, from Olympiacos. We have uh, Millionaire saying Olympiacos' performance was just okay, but I'm not 100% sure that will go through. Um, Yorgos Kalgas says Martins in his uh, post-match said it was a good result. Platon Papas, Jesus, uh, off the offense is still bad. Uh, Nolan Linda Fox saying defense wasn't a problem. Uh, yes, uh, and I think you know Marshall mentioned that particularly in the first half. I think you're right. Like when you play against these teams, um, and no no disrespect to, to Maccabi Haifa. They they are clearly the underdog. We are the favourites. We have to be favourites. A team like us that has 130 million wage budget compared to theirs, which is about no more than 20, I don't think. You're the favourite and you have to kill those games off. After 1-0, we had to get the second goal. And I, as, as Marshall said, I think there were one or two occasions at least in the first half where we had an opportunity to hit the counter in transition where Aguibo Camaraz got the ball and he's made a bad pass or had a bad control and this is one of the things that Olympiacos fans are, are annoyed with and it goes with the style of play he like the manager likes to play with a 10 that is athletic that can press the opposition that can steal balls high up the field and we've seen that as a characteristic throughout preseason. And we saw that effective in the first 20, 25 minutes. But otherwise, it was just impossible to string three, four passes together. And in the second half, it was excruciating. Literally, you just had Cicere uh, get the ball out of defence and then look to play it long to Tiquinho. And in some cases, Tiquinho was managing to bring the ball down, hold off the defenders and try and bring players in. There was that break with uh, Abu Bakar Kamara on the left where he held the ball up and played it out to Madi on the right and, you know, the cross came in. But it, it's just, there's, again, build-up. No build-up. And I and we're being repetitive. And I see a lot of people in the chat are uh, are talking about the style of play. Like, should should we be seeing Olympiacos as prime Barcelona on the 20th of July? Uh, after what we've seen last season and really with, I mean, who are the new players that have come in? Zinkanagel's come in. He's playing on the left, which is a question mark for me. It's predominantly a right winger and Masuras is a left winger that cuts inside. And yet we see them both on different wings than what they're used to. I mean, what, what do you say about that, Marshall? Like the, the, the lineup up front and this whole discussion about uh, the build-up and the creativity. 
there is there are many things to say and i think it starts from the midfield because we we see we have seen uh, since he came to the club that Envilla has creativity because he can play long he can play short he has he has no problem to you know to to hold the ball when it's necessary to give it quickly where where it's necessary but i i have the feeling that we we spoke a lot about Podense or Timikas that were never replaced, but I think maybe the, the the player that was the most useful for the team was Guillerme because he was able to uh, create, he was able to def- to defend, to to um, to gain some balls into the midfield, and also he was able to score in some uh, like corners or free kicks. And I don't see. Uh, I don't see this in any other midfield that came after him. Uh, I don't. I, I, won't, I won't say that Kane is the same category, but no one can offer what he, he, he brought to the club, and that's one problem for me because Martins didn't find any players like that, and we saw that Pepe was a failure because he didn't last uh, more than six months. And also another problem for me is that uh, Masuras. He's been very poor since like six months, starting from maybe January, February in the last season, uh, until the ethnic is game into the the end of the season. And I do like these players, but he he likes maybe some creativity, as you mentioned before, uh, in this kind of games. And I saw one comment I totally agree with is that maybe Valbuena should have played tonight because. Obviously, he's not able to play like 90 minutes uh, every every three days, but he has this creativity, which is on. He, he can make a, a cross. We we all know that he he's probably the best crosser on the, on this team right now. Also, on on free kicks, he's able to take them quite well, in my opinion. And Martins. Games plan lacks a lot of creativity with the players he, he relies on because I'm, I won't mention Fortunis because he's out of plan. But since it does, it does not count on Fortunis, he barely has no choice than playing Valbuena as a starter because we have seen that Hagibu maybe doesn't have yet the tactical structure or the tactical experience uh, to be regular and in European games. I remember he did a very good game in Fenerbahce away because he created like two or three serious uh, situations. But tonight, he was too poor to play in that position. And maybe it, 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 it costed us the, the win. It didn't cost us the, the qualification because it's not over, but it, it costed us a win tonight for me. You raise a lot of great points, Marshall, about the the midfield. And one of the things that I've been saying, I don't know if you agree with me, is that um, let, let's start from the first point you made about Guillerme. Uh, there's been a big discussion about about Jan Jan Envila the last, not the last weeks, but I think the last few months and towards the end of last season. I think it's unfair that those two players are compared. Jan Envila and, and Guillermo. I think they're quite different players. Um, they both obviously can pick out a pass. They have vision. They can spread. They can spread the ball on the field and, and make the field bigger. But I don't think we ever replaced Guillermo. Like he's he's very mobile in the midfield, and you look at the personnel that we have in there, and the way that Martin sets up the team and. You look at Bukalakis, Envila, Pepe, and those three players, they all have similar traits in that they're all not very mobile, but they have, you know, they're quite elegant players. Like Bukalakis got a nice left foot. We said all those things about passing ability, but um, we never replaced Guillermo. That needs to be said. And again, I agree with you. Uh, th- there is one question I, I think we all have. And one thing we're all waiting for, the more patient Olympiagos fans need to have a lot of patience with this team the last year and a half, is was Pedro Martin's success in the year that we beat Arsenal in extra time, 
was that really, you know, how much of that was really his success and how much of it was down to the fact that he had players like Timikas, players like Valbuena and De La Rabi that were two years younger, players like Guillerme, or, you know, Pedenza that we had in, in the group stages. Because you look at, I mean, you look at the players that left, I still they, they still haven't been replaced. And, and Reabchuk, we've said it time and time again, massive improvement. I love the passion. I love the heart. But when you see him not able to play a pass three meters in front of him, where how where's the build-up going to come from? And how can you start your offense if your wing backs they're not capable of playing a ball into feet or into space? You know, it's just it's not not possible. But because because I know, I mean, obviously you're a journalist in France, you follow French football. I want to ask you about Yann and Villa because I've seen a lot of these comments about about Jan and Villa, that, you know, okay, so George Karalabus, for those that are listening on, on podcast, George is saying uh, that was one of the most uncreative midfields I've probably ever seen. And Villa is finished. What do you think? Because is M. Villa one of those players that goes to a club, has a really great season, and then his form kind of declines? Like, because there was a, you know, at Saint-Étienne, Saint-Étienne let him leave on a free. Like, what is it about Jan Envila and where do you stand on this? I remember that when Envila came, uh, a lot of people told me, uh, yeah, he will, he will probably make one good year and and after that, uh, he will fall down because he's maybe a, a one-season player in, in the club. But I, I don't agree with that because um, I do have the impression that he's not really paired with uh, another midfield that suits uh, his qualities and his default, because we all know that he's quite all know he can't he can't run as fast as before. Uh, he can't he can't make uh, as much uh, runs he did when he was at Rennes uh, before when he was younger. That's yeah. for sure, but. To me, it's, maybe it's just my, my opinion, but tonight without Mvila in the first half, uh, it, was, it would have been a, a disaster because, I don't know, Kane and Hagibu together, it does not work because we saw that when Madi came in, Kane was more useful for the team. He was at the right spot at the right moment. He was not running uh, into the, the desert like he did in the first half. And I think it has to do that if we want Mvila to be to be good, he has to the, the midfield in his whole has to be uh, better than we saw last season. But for sure, Mvila is not on a on a progressive. Pro, he's not progressing. I don't know how to say that, but he's not. He, his whole is not going to to be no, no, not not better, but he's not going to progress as much as his, as, as he did before when he was younger. So. I don't yeah. agree with the fact that he's finished. Yeah, no, no, neither do I. I think you hit the nail on the head because you need somebody to compliment him in, in midfield. Yeah. I think that if Jan Villa had Guillermo next to him, for example, I think that would be a rather good combination. But I think I think a lot of us agree that Pedro Martins is so focused on on a defensive shape an approach that he's overdoing it. Like he said in his own interviews when we signed Philip Zinkenagel that he considers Zinkenagel as a number 10. And yet we've never seen him play there. And at beginning of preseason, we saw him trying Agi Bukamara at the eight position. And against Alkmaar and against Maccabi today, we've seen him in a more progressive role behind the striker uh but it, it's too much it's too much uh I, and i almost feel like it's not even worth my time to 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 talk about what i think would look better i mean for the sake of discussion what would you like to see in midfield uh what do you think would be the ideal combination right now for us to play if we're playing this system like what? What? What do you think would make us more more creative? Well, 
to me we we have to see more 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 uh, we i would like to see more kunde uh, because i don't understand how is being managed by martins because i i i agree that martins may not like him or he may not have requested him uh, as a key player but you cannot let him on the bench like that and then you put him into the the last the last part of the season you realize that he's quite good he can offer to the team and then you don't use him at the start of the new season so how, how is it possible for him to remain focused on the club and not looking for a way out of, of Olympiacos because he's probably going to leave in this summer so i don't really have any any wishes because I would like also to see more Dabo, which I saw with the where I saw with the the B team, but he's not going to play with the first team right now, so it's not worth mentioning it. But I don't know. Maybe Pepe. To me, I would like it would have been logical for me to reintegrate Pepe for the beginning of the summer until he finds a new club because it, it might be useful, and uh, you cannot. I, I don't know how to say that, but even on Yekuru, for example, uh, it could have been better for us to to stay the whole summer and leave like in August 31, because it, it, we all know he was going back to Turkey. So maybe why not use him for the preseason, give him like one month to prepare. And it, it, it could have been a solution, not as a key player, of course, but when, when I saw the Masura's game tonight, what tradition does Martin have on the bench when you see something like that? I, I don't. He doesn't have any. That's a problem. It's like one of the worst things that happened this summer is the fact that Gary Rodriguez got injured right before they left for preseason camp in Austria. And you know what, Marshall? I'm I'm glad you raised it because what you just said about Henry on Henry on Kuru. I know that yeah, people voted him as the coat and the flop of the season, but looking at our options, I think that would have been smarter to keep him let's say in the team because and, until we sell him because if he if he was given that opportunity as well and he had the chance to play we could have probably sold him it would have been easier to sell him by the end of august because he would have had games he would have shown something um so i'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that i've also thought about but i haven't expressed uh in discussion on these on these podcasts and and yeah, I, I, how Pepe hasn't been given a chance after the the decent, I mean, more than decent, good season he had in Portugal. And this is a player, by the way, that Pedro Martins asked to sign and he's not even bought into preseason. Uh, you talk about Kunde too. I mean, Kunde is sixth choice in midfield. Um what did you think of Zinkenagel sub at half time, Marshall? It doesn't make really sense to me because the only change I would have made at half time was uh, Agibu out and Magibu in, like he did, and I and I think it was a, a good a good uh, a good choice because even if Madi had some poor choices offensively, he was very good to. Uh, in into the midfield because he has more physical power and he's more mature than Agibu. But the Zinkanago choice, I don't understand. I don't really understand. No, me neither. It was it was baffling to me. I know he had a yellow card at half time, but I think I think Masuras also had a yellow card at half time, but Masuras stayed on the pitch. Yeah. Um, just like we said earlier, I thought that in the first half the game plan for what it was at this time of the year in July, I think it was more or less going according to plan and taking Zinkanago off. He's the only player that can calm the game down, that can kind of play a nice pass or even take a set piece. When, when we took him off, there was nobody that could deliver a nice set piece. There were a couple of free kicks that we won outside the box and, and Masuras couldn't even get it past the first bo- uh, the first post or you know into the box, into the danger zone. So that you know the 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 set piece threat was completely eliminated when we took Zinkanago off. 
and again, I think I agree with you. If anything, I would have made one change at halftime, um, you know, from my position as a manager from the couch, uh, manager of the sofa, I would have probably taken off Agibu Kamara and, and put, put Madi on as well and kind of try to structure the midfield a bit, a bit more and try and make sure we keep control. I think, you know, I'm not going to say Kunde because he wouldn't in a million years bring him on. I think it's clear that he's not interested in him um, anymore. But um, I do want to say thank you very much to Irakor for uh, for your donation. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Irakor says it seems like Martins is stuck in, uh, in the sunken place. How has he come from having the team fighting toe-to-toe against everybody to being so so negative um and also i would like to to uh, to to come back to the onyekuru and pepe uh, issue because which to me what's more frustrating is to see that even with a maybe 40 player squad you're left with barely no solution uh, in so it's in some position of the team um we are waiting for better players to come uh, until the, the beginning of the season. But what we have to understand is that when you have to play a qualifier, it's like you have to play one season and then you have to play another, another, another totally different season. And maybe Martins didn't use as much as he would have been able to use the, the large squad he has with the lone returnees. And obviously, you, you, I, I wasn't expecting it him to use like Kumic or Rangelovic in this kind of game. But we have saw that last year Onyekuru came very late to the club. He was a 5 million senior. So maybe just try to, to use the best of him. Obviously, he was going back to Turkey. Everyone knows that because he has no other country to, to go to right now. But when I see Masuras tonight, to me, it, it was a mistake to let him go that early uh, because we could have been he could have been helpful in those in these first two two, two games. But yeah, we, we will never know. Yeah, no, we will never know. Um, I'm just looking again at the comments, guys. Uh, I did also just drop the link to the chat, so https streamyard.com if you've seen the link guys and you fancy joining the chat come in talk to us tell us your views about the game um the link's there don't be shy again if you haven't done so already please don't forget to hit that like button it doesn't cost you anything it helps to get the episode out to more fans and if you're joining us for the first time please do subscribe uh, to follow up on all content olibiagos from gate 7 international we are here with you. This is by the fans, for the fans. Once again, thanks very much. Going back to the comments. Yes, Marshall. Uh, I saw someone uh, on the comments asking uh, what we thought about, about Maccabi. And I would like to, to say that I really liked the, the midfield they have. Uh, I, I don't recall the number. Maybe it's the number four. And... When I was seeing the game, I was saying to myself, oh, he's doing what I expect from Kane because he runs, he was doing uh, a lot of pressure and also he was able to, to create something with his feet like long balls, short passes. And I really liked the, like it, the, this player. And he reminds me maybe uh, what Martin thought when he, he see Kane playing with uh, Nefchi last summer. I, I was thinking to, my, to myself, maybe he was realizing this player was interesting for Olympiacos, but I really liked the, this midfield and I was surprised to see a player like that in Maccabi because I know Maccabi is it's one of the biggest clubs in Israel, but I wasn't, expecting, I wasn't expecting them to have a player like that. And at the opposite, I wasn't surprised by Piero that came in and wasted a, a huge opportunity because... He was playing in the French second division and he's a beast, but I, I wasn't surprised he missed that the, the big opportunity because he's, he's not very uh, precise in front of the goal. Thank God for us. 
Yeah, I mean, there was that chance where he came through and had that chance with his left foot. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we talk uh, outside the show as well. And the fact that you never said anything about this guy, I think that that said a lot to me uh, without without saying anything. But uh, I mean, what what more can we say here? I'm just going to go to the comments. Concept Calcio says, sorry, but the players we have, they have the ability to string more than three passes together. But if the manager insists we sit on our 18-yard box and lump it to Tiquinho, what can they do? Um, Andreas Mitis, Yasu Andrea. Masuras is burnt. He, guys, we have to take into consideration he's played non-stop for Olympiagos and Ethniki for three years. Yeah, Absolutely. That's and uh, it, it, it is true. Um, and I said, I, you know, that's you know one of the points that we've been raising here. It's very unfortunate Gary Rodriguez is basically the only out-and-out out winger that we have. Uh, neither Masuras nor Zinconago that started today are out-and-out out wingers. Um, Marshall and I both raised our views about having on Yakuru as part of the preseason camp and using him. Uh, probably a controversial point. Uh, let us know what you guys think of that. Should Henry on Yakuru be a part of the preseason, given the situation at the club with the wingers? Would you rather see Lazar Ajelovic get a chance in this kind of game? Clearly, the manager didn't think so today. Uh, I mean, <laughs> really, I'm asking the question now. Lazar, do you think Lazar could have done something today? Like, what what, what could we have done today that the manager didn't do, in your opinion, uh, Marshall? You mentioned Valbuena. He could have brought Valbuena on uh, towards the end of the game. Yeah, first of all, I, I will answer about Lazar because we all know how frustrating Lazar can be. But to me, he is probably the 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 is the player that looks like more winger into the squad. It does not mean that he is the best winger, but he's really is really the I don't know how to say that, but he remains on his side, like he runs non-stop on his side. He has quite good technical ability, but he's not able to make good crosses or good or good uh, shoots but he's really looking like a, a real winger and maybe that could be useful you know to create some to make some differences against a poor defender like Maccabi Telaifa like Sungren we all know Sungren he played he played in Aris so probably Lazar is able to 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 take advantage of him and he could have you know jump in into the game instead of Masuras but probably he's not Martins wanted something more, uh, as you say, compact in terms of defense. And we all know that Lazar sometimes, you know, he, he led the brain into the locker room sometimes. So he <laughs> better remain on the bench because it could have been very tragical. Yeah. Yeah. And to answer the rest of the question, I, I, I don't think that Martins could have been, could have made a lot of different choice tonight. Apart from Valbuena instead of Agibu, I don't see the lineup was quite quite decent for me. It was quite good because it looks it looks it looks like sorry the, the best lineup he could feel tonight. Okay. Well, I mean I don't know if there's much more we can analyze about, about the game today. The second I mean the second half was pretty much a repetition of what we've seen uh last season, I would say, or I mean we just sat back and we invited them. And whenever we won the ball, we kicked it straight back to them. Like what, what else is there to analyze? I think only, I can only remember two opportunities that, you know, half chances that we, we tried to create in the second half. And one was what I mentioned earlier, Abu Bakar Kamara breaking on the left, slowing it down, waiting for Madi to make the run on the right. He opened it up with a nice pass. And then Maddie put in a nice cross, and I think it was uh, Planich that got his head to it just just before the ball fell to Tiquinho. And the other chance was uh, a shot from Abu outside the box that you know went very wide. Otherwise, I you know I felt like their keeper almost did nothing, didn't have a touch of the ball in the second half. No, he didn't. And it was just hoofing it, hoofing it long, and just unable to 
unable to string those passes together, unable to hold possession. Yeah, and then, yeah, so sorry, my friend, uh, SA, what to analyse. We knew all this and shouted a long time. No plan, no nothing, no creative football, no running. Um, again, guys, I, I, I said this before we went live, but I think that essentially um, it is all to play for in the Garaiskagi Next Wednesday, um, Greek time, I think it's it's a nine or ten o'clock kickoff. Somebody remind me in the chat, but we live to fight another day. And I think this second round is all about getting through at all costs. Doesn't matter if we play good football, we just need to get through so that we buy time. We're buying time for the team and the manager's also buying time because... Let, 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 let's be honest, and I'm not reading all the comments now because I don't think it's time to have that. You know, we've talked about Martins before. I will say one thing about Martins. Whoever hasn't watched the interview that we did with uh, Luciano de Souza, former former legend of the club, we asked him his opinion about, about the manager and the situation. And the thing that he said was that if he was Martins, after two seasons, he would have got up and left by himself. That's the first thing he said. Second thing he said was that for a club in Greece, not a club like Olympiakos, but for a club in Greece to keep a manager for more than two seasons, let alone four, going into five, the club doesn't know what to do. They don't know how to handle that. And it shows in the discussions between the fan between the fans. You got, let's say, fifty percent of the fan base saying Martins did it in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen when he came. The team played good football, so the team can play good football. So let's be patient. Let's get past the second round, uh, and you know, bring in the transfers, and then you know, put the pieces together. And let's be patient. And then there's the other part of the fan base that's saying, no, he can't. Uh, he's come full circle. There's no more for this manager to give to the club. I, I don't know, Marshall. I'm curious because I've never really asked you this question, um, or definitely not live. But I am curious for your opinion on this. Like, do you agree with what I said in terms of the split in the fan base and and the reasons why on the one hand and the reasons on the other? Like, what do you what do you think about that? It's it's hard to have a clear answer on that because. On one side, I would say that it's a good sign for us to to have a, a coach that is going into the his, five, his fifth season f uh, with the club because we all know how unstable we can be at Olympiacos. And for me, it's uh, a, a massive improvement to realize that we can accept failure sometime because after the failure, maybe you can have success like Martins did uh, between the first and the second year uh, of his stint in Olympiacos. But on this on the second hand, I would say that maybe he has come full circle, as you said, because we all know uh, how poor the, the league is in Greece in terms of organization, the, in terms of structure, and it's really hard for a coach to live like just one season uh, with Olympiacos. I'm not sure I would survive to this because a lot of pressure, you know, the lo a lot of nerves. Uh, and there is no league like that in Europe because it, obviously to be a coach, a pro coach is very difficult, whether it's in France, uh, United States, Australia. It's, really, it's a really di difficult job. But in Greece, with the pressure you have from the fans, uh, with the poor organization, like the playing, uh, having to play the cup, at the end of May, for example, uh, stuff like that. I would have expected from Martins to, to do like Marco Silva did years before, you know, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to live by himself, not in the middle of the preseason, but after like winning the double, he would have said, okay, uh, I've enjoyed those two years, but it's time for me to go because I can't offer uh, more to the club. And I... I'm sure that the club right now is is 
I don't know if it's stuck with Martins, but what can the club can do with Martins? Like you, you, you gave you gave him uh, an, another contract months ago, and you would you would uh, you know fire him if we don't go through Maccabi Haifa. I don't I don't know. It's a very difficult situation. It reminds me uh, what Paris Saint Germain did with Laurent Blanc, for example, when they had to 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 um, sack him just after renewing him and it's a, it would be a, a bad um, message from the club and we had a very good opportunity to let Martins go at the end of this contract and we didn't, we didn't took this opportunity and I think we will regret it because one way or another it will end very badly I think for Martins because I don't see any other issue for him well, thank you for putting down your opinion on the record, Marshall. Uh, of course. Also, I would like to add that it's very hard to uh, replace a coach in the middle of the summer because you don't have a lot of uh, free coaches. And I would like, I would have liked the, the club to do uh, what we did with Martins when he came. You remember he was announced in April, maybe. Yeah. Uh, May, April or at the very beginning of the the May the month of May, and maybe uh, if we have been proactive on this situation, we could have found another coach. But like right now, if we sack Martins right now, I'm, uh, I really feel that we will end up with someone that isn't better than Martins. Yeah, that's a big discussion. Of course, uh, we'll get to that if and when that situation arises. Um, Aris B bringing up, if you think Martins has zero, zero say in transfers and that he's doing a good job with what he has, he says those are two very different issues. I don't know what to say. Kane, Rebchuk and Pepe were 100% his choices. Um, I don't know about Kane. The other two... The other two for sure. Um, Concept Calcio is talking about, you know, why did we renew El Arabi? Uh, mate, I brought that up quite earlier on in the discussion. Indeed, I I do agree with you, but I did also say, you know, both I and Marshall, and I think majority of fans thought Tequinio had a very good game today, actually. And I was surprised to see him in the lineup, but I, for me, he was man of the match and we did put a poll out and more than 60% of you guys that voted also agree um, to Kino, man of the match today. Um, I did just put another question. Important one, important poll, guys. Do you think Olibagos can qualify for the next round? Yes or no? Um, hit the poll. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, and people are, people are asking us, Marshall, they want us to do player ratings. So shall we, shall we take this from... From the top and, and see how we do. Like, what did you think of the keeper today, Vachlik? Let's start with him. Yeah, uh, has uh, he was as good as he, uh, he was as good as he has been since he came to the club, and probably if he came earlier last summer, we, he could have been very different from us. Yeah, the one thing I will say was that a couple of times crosses came in and we've noticed this from last season, he just doesn't leave his line. Like when the crosses come in from the wings, he doesn't come out to claim them and he just remains rooted. And I think one, you know, once or twice, it looked, uh, it looked very dangerous for us when he didn't come off his line. And then is it harsh to say that he could have done better, Marshall, for the goal, the goal that we conceded? Do you think he could have done better? Yeah, he, he could have done better, but I think he was surprised uh, by the, this, this cross that turned into a, a shot. And yeah, he could have done better, but I, I won't blame him for, for, for this goal. Yeah, it was kind of a fluke goal and just annoying because I, I remember myself watching the game and thinking stoppage time, first half, just keep the clean sheet, keep the clean sheet, keep the goddamn clean sheet. <laughs> we managed in the first half and then we eat it in uh, in stoppage time towards the end of the game. So that was very, very annoying. Uh, book, hello, our speakers, Greeks. Um, I'm, 
I'm not born in Greece, but I do speak Greek. Μιλάω ελληνικά. Όποιος θέλει να μπει μέσα να μιλήσει, παιδιά. But Marshall doesn't speak any, any Greek, I'm afraid. Marshall no. is our resident Olympiakos man in France. Um, Gate 7 International, guys. This is what it's all about, bringing Olympiakos fans from all over the world. Yes, it is a Greek club, but we're also an international club. There are Olympiakos fans everywhere and one of the things we're trying to do on this show is bring all these fans together um again like and subscribe if you haven't done so already get this out to more olibiagos fans around the world what did you think of vasalko uh, marshall i thought he i thought he was solid like i mean yeah. i'm solid surprised that he lasted I'm, I'm surprised he lasted that long on the pitch today but you can just see the class right and i, yeah. I, I don't know about you like I, I was commenting after the Alkmaar friendly that I just loved seeing him shouting at players. Well, like, you know, telling Masuras where he should be or like, you know, why didn't he go yeah. for the ball? Just that that attitude. I think we really miss we really miss the player like that. Yeah, I agree totally with that. So I think, you know, positive performance from him. Um, Manolas and Cissé, it was okay, but like, were they really under a lot of pressure? today no they just need to play more games together but at some point uh, i uh, i saw manolas uh like running from 10 meters to do a, a tackle and he has like tremendous quality if he has that if he's at 100 he is the main starter for sure there is no debate on this and we also know that if cisse He's at 100%, which is mostly all, all the time. He has to play. So I, I feel bad for Socrates because I, I don't really know if he if he accepts to be the, the third choice, but there is no debate. No, I, I think you're right, man. Like in, um, in an ideal world, like you said, when... When Manolas and Cisse are both fit, I think those two are our two best central defenders. Uh, I don't know. I think I think uh, Marshall's camera has frozen. Perhaps Marshall's going to reconnect. Oh, there you are. Yeah, You're back. Um, I, I was just saying, Marshall, I don't know if you heard me, but I, I agree with you. I think in an ideal world, Cisse and Manolas are the two best defenders that we have. When they're both 100% fit, they should be playing. And it's again one of the one of the question marks and the criticisms that I had of the manager, who of course the manager can do whatever he wants during preseason. He's the manager. I'm not the manager. But I, I have a legitimate question, which is why did we not see the manager try to put this these two together, Cisse and Manolas? We were everyone was expecting more or less like Socrates and and, and Cisse to start today. And even that pairing, it was it was somewhat a surprise. As you said, does Socrates accept the role as a as the third defender? Maybe Cisse is not around at the end of the summer because he's our most prized asset, I think, in terms of players that we can possibly get good money for this summer. But but again, I'm I'm surprised that we never saw that pairing for more than 15 minutes. During preseason, um, Oleg, we already talked about. I think we got from Oleg what we get from Oleg, and that's it. We know his his uh, his weaknesses and his strengths. Is there anything else to say? I'm not sure. No, I don't think it will really improve uh, from what we saw tonight. No, I mean I, I've said that if you sign if you sign a player like a real competition, like a player that can compete with him for the spot at left back, then you can try to push him to improve a bit more. But is he really going to improve his ability to pass the ball in short spaces like we want to help for the build-up? I, I don't know. I never underestimate Eastern Europeans, though. I never underestimate Eastern European players. They have drive, motivation. We've seen that. Um, so, I, I don't know. Uh, moving on. Zinkanagel. I mean, he got the goal. Yeah. He got the goal. I think he was quite calm in possession. 
um it's good to have a player like that that can hold on to the ball for five seconds and you know pick a pass and just be calm i think we we, we spoke about that already we missed him i thought in the second half masuras same old same old uh I, he did well he did well in in the situation for the goal he yeah. outmuscled the defender uh he did well in that situation but but again like people in the chat have said the, the guy's been playing non-stop for three years for the club and national team and he's been run into the ground uh by by the manager as well he's just playing non-stop he hasn't had a rest i don't want to talk about those excuses anymore um what about the midfield what what more can we say i feel like we talked a lot about the midfield already today I don't really know what to say. Uh, for me, it was okay, but it was okay on one part, and it was deceptive on the other. So, the the results affects maybe the 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 way uh, I see the player performances because with the one nil victory, after I said okay, the plan was correct and the plan was justified, but. The late goal like changed everything, uh, so it's, that's why it's really hard to make player ratings like that right after being uh, right after a goal like at uh, 94, 95 minutes. But I would say they were okay, apart from Agibu. Yeah. I mean, for me, what we saw from Agibu today was a, another kind of repeat of what we saw against Alkmaar. Just very good press. But when we wanted him to play the killer ball, when we wanted something to happen in the final third, it was lackluster. Uh, so he can't. I, I, and I, again, I understand the press. But... But we lose so much. Like, is he really that afraid to bring Agibu back and play next to Yanin Villa and then play a more creative player? I'm not, we're not even saying like play Carvalho because you can argue Carvalho doesn't defend or he doesn't press. Uh, Zinkanagel presses. Why the hell doesn't he play him there? Because we don't have wingers, is the answer. Some people might say, why not try? Would you try Agibu on the wing? Would you put him no. on the wing? No. Well, he has he has to be r right next to the midfielder. Not he is too offensive sometimes, and we have seen that he when he has to to finish, he is lacking finishing. And it cost us a lot of goals last season. I can't name every game he he did a, a wrong pass or a wrong shoot. The, Decision making. We we talked about that a lot last season. His decision making. Yeah, he has talent. That's obvious. But yeah, I think we are going to waste the the talent because he's going to play at a position that does not suit his qualities. And he, no. Madi Kamara offers more versatility into the midfield for me. But 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 even don't you think that playing Madi Kamara as a 10 is also a waste. Like for me, it's either it's either Mvila and Madi or Mvila and Agibu. And Zinkanago is the only 10 that we can play that also is creative and presses. Yeah. Madi as a 10 is a, it's a waste, but we have seen that Madi has uh, finishing skills that could be yeah. helpful for the team, even if he's not a real 10, like he has a, a nice shooting skill. I remember the game in Marseille, for example. Like yeah. he, he is always uh, uh, at the good place when we have a situation like at the at the beginning of the of the I don't know it's the word in English like the the opponent area like the the last sixteen meters is always at the good position and yeah yeah I I he, he scored like key goals for the club into the, the last year so maybe if we don't really have a 10 like let's use him because he runs everywhere and he's he's winning some balls from time to time and it could be helpful 
Yeah, I just want to read this comment from from Book. I think this is a new subscriber. Uh, Book says Olympiakos signed Zinkanagul, but Zinkanagul played uh, full attacking style at Bodo Glimt. That's before he moved to England and Watford. Current style doesn't match up with his skill. Um, that's one of the one of the talking points we we mentioned here. To be honest with you, mate, like I would, I would sacrifice to see Radjelovic play on the wing. If that meant that Zinkanagel could play at the ten, I just don't think this manager is going to do it. Uh, no. I, okay, so so now 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 we have to we're just coming up to about an hour, and I I think we're going to ask this question and then wrap it up. But do you think we can qualify? Um, I have asked the question in in the poll: Can Olympiacos qualify for the next round? Uh, I have to tell you guys. Uh, for those listening on audio, so far, 54% say, yes, we will qualify. 46% are saying no. For those of you that are following live right now, get involved. Uh, let us know, yes or no. Do you think we can qualify next week at the Garay Skaki? Um, Marshall, what do you think? Can we can we take this next week at the Garay Skaki? And do you expect any difference in approach next week? Yeah, we, we have to. And I want to say also that something that for me is very important is uh, since we don't have the, the, the rule of the uh, away goal uh, counting into Europe, and I think like having the second leg at home, it's a major uh, advantage for us because last year, we, if I'm correct, we drew... 2-2 uh, at Ludogorets into the second game. And we we would go, go and have through uh, with the away goal rule because when you play away into the second game, the the welcoming team has the, the, the fear of conceding the goal that will like ruin everything because if we had the away goal rule uh, against Maccabi next week, like they will, they will probably know that if they score with the the psychology that the team has right now, it will it would mean almost losing the game right after the goal because I I don't think that the, this team can uh, survive this. But without the away goal, we basically need to win this game no matter how many goals we concede, and that thing I think that that makes a. Uh, uh, a, a, a huge difference because even a draw would mean like uh, extra time. So Maccabi needs to win at Karaiskakis, and even if we are very poor, we can't allow that. And to to answer to the question, uh, I I do believe that we will qualify, but we really has to qualify because uh, if I'm correct, it means that we will play in Europe if we win that leg. Uh, maybe no. in conference league, no? Do um, we have quarantine? I'm not sure about conference league. Um, if we go through to the third round, we're, we're still not guaranteed Europa League. Last year, we got knocked out in the third round and we had to beat Slovan Bratislava to qualify for yeah, the Europa but League. If, if we lose in Champions League, then we go back to... Uh, Europa League, and if we lose Europa League, does does it mean we go to Conference League straight? Because if I'm correct, Apollon Limassol has Conference League guaranteed. So if we go, if we pass this, this round, I, I have to check that. But yeah, um, take that, that, some pressure that, from the team. That 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 takes you know, that takes us to another discussion about you know whether we should be settling for conference and there was this uh, quote that uh, Marco Pantelic made in a paper it's a gazetta.gr the other day about you know Champions League is is very difficult for a club like uh, Olympiakos not a club like Olympiakos but for a Greek club considering the state of the Greek league but Olympiakos should be aiming to get to a final or to get very deep into a Euro Europa League um, Europa League competition Um that's maybe a discussion for, for another time. To answer that question as well, do I think we will qualify? I think there's... I want to believe, of course, that we will qualify uh, and we'll buy more time for for the team. I think... Uh, I worry. 
I worry that Martins is going to take the same approach and it might be a strange atmosphere in the Garaiskaki. I don't know how many people are going to be able to go because the game is at the end of July. A lot of people start leaving for holidays. Maybe there will be 15,000, 20,000, maybe more. Hopefully as many people can go to the Gadaiskagi as possible. If I was in Greece, I would go no matter where I was. I'd get to Athens, get to Gadaiskagi. So guys, any of the Greeks listening, uh, go out, support the team. Um, the team needs needs our support now to get through this round. Um, no matter what our opinions are, we always have to be behind the team, the good times and the bad times. So... Let's see. We have another week. We will have a chance for another another podcast before there. Definitely, uh, there'll be another round of preview for the for the tie before we before we play on the twenty seventh. Before we do go, Marshall, you know that as is custom on the show after games, we normally do man of the match and coaches grade. I think we can both say who our man of the match was for the game at the same time. Three, two, one. Tikinio. Yeah, so I think Tikinio was was our man of the match. Coach's grades. I give Martins a C today. I think uh, his his choice to play Tikinio up front was uh, it showed to be the best choice he made. I think out of the surprises in the lineup. Then I think for me his substitutions at halftime. I I I don't agree with the subs that he made. And then just, you know, the team lost lost com- complete control or any control that they had in the second half. And it it could have it could have been worse at the end. Um so I think C for me is a is a balanced is a balanced result. Like what do you think? What's your grade? I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, also C. Okay. So Marshall and I both agree on this. That brings us to the end, guys. Um Thanks very much for keeping with us. I know it's 12.30 in Greece. I know some people are following us from, from Melbourne as well, from the US, UK, Germany. I saw some people chiming in. Of course, Marshall in France, Belgium, Switzerland, I've seen in the chat as well. If I've forgotten anyone, uh, drop us a comment in the chat. Where are you writing from or where are you following us from? Um That's it, guys. That's all we've got time for today. Don't forget, before you go, hit that like button. Doesn't cost you anything. Really helps us a lot. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell as well. Get a notification every time that we go live or a new episode comes up. The next one will be coming soon. We are Gate 7 International. I'm Costa. Marshall. Quick shout out to you before you go. If you don't follow Marshall on Twitter, you can follow him at Olibiakos with a K, at Olibiakos FR. Go and follow him on his profile. Marshall, any any last words of wisdom before we before we wrap up? Yeah, I think it's important to stay to remain positive because as as much as we are angry with the outcome of the of the night i think that in qualifiers what matters the most is to qualify or to is to qualify and if we have to qualify through a, a very poor second leg game with a pk uh, at the last minute then i will take it every day oh god i, I, don't, I don't think i can handle penalty kicks to be honest with you but i, I hope it doesn't get to that marshall and no. and on that note guys on that note of suspense Again, thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. See you next time.